Hi, everybody, and welcome back to yet another cracking installment of the Map Brown Show. This is the Secrets of Fail series where we're talking to CEOs all about their epic business blunders, you know, the stuff they won't share on their LinkedIn timeline. <laughs> and so with us uh, on this uh, episode and in the hot seat today uh, is the founder and CEO of an incredible company doing amazing things called Growth Acceleration Partners. The website address is growthaccelerationpartners.com. Joyce, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. I'm very excited to be here. I've heard so many of your episodes and sadly can relate to a lot of them. So this will be fun. That's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. But before we get into the meat and the potatoes, Joyce, why don't you give our audience around the world uh, about the elevator pitch? What are you guys up to? Oh, I'd love to. Thank you. So Growth Acceleration Partners, and we just say GAP. Uh, actually, that's my first piece of advice for entrepreneurs. When you start a company, don't name it something that's 100 characters long because you're going to have to type it for the rest of your life. <laughs> so I founded Gap 16 years ago. So I've typed Growth Acceleration Partners 1 million times. So who we are, we are a strategic technology partner for companies that are really looking to use digital transformation to their competitive advantage. And, you know, what does that mean? Is it typically our customers are looking to either modernize or optimize their applications? They're trying to find ways to create true intellectual property using the latest cloud-based technologies. And we really look to help them transform their data and applications to provide better customer experiences and insights. And at Gap, we take a business-first approach. So we're technologists, we're a whole bunch of engineers, but we're really looking at where can we help our clients generate more revenue, right? Better business outcomes. And to do that, we've developed over the years, innovative, patented, next-gen solutions that will really help them save development time and money. And the one thing I want to say that's most important to me is we created this company as a values-based, purpose-driven, and as you, you can see, woman-led company to really not just focus on helping our customers, but also make sure that we are providing great growth opportunities for every one of our employees and making sure we're raising up the communities where we live and work. Mm. So that's Gap in a nutshell. Beautiful. Well done. Uh, I think I love the point around purpose, you know, being a values-led uh, organization. I think it's something that is not, it's something that is oftentimes missed, right? It's in the pursuits of scale. Like we actually forget about why we're actually doing things. And I think that's, that's a really powerful thing. Just to stay with you guys for the moment. Um, you guys must have won during COVID, I guess, if, uh, <laughs> if a whole bunch of digital transformation budgets were like bought forward by three years to say, look, we actually have to move now. Uh, was that the case for you? Did you find that? I found a lot of companies in the DT space actually won during COVID. Yeah, yeah, we were very fortunate, certainly, to be in that category of companies. Because all, you know, as we all had to send all of our employees home, everyone recognized they needed better tools to connect with their customers and better ways to engage their employees. And all of that needed to happen in a very short order. So at Growth Acceleration Partners, we grew 43% last year and 41% the prior year. So we were growing just as fast as we could find people to bring on board that, again, aligned with our values, had great technical skills, and really wanted to be part of this mission of making things better. Mm, beautiful. So let's get on to the meat and the potatoes uh, of this series. So what is your epic story of fail for our audience around the world today, Joyce? Well, I'm, you know, I'm almost a little embarrassed to say that it was a little bit of a tough choice for me because 
I grew up in big company land. I was a successful executive at a large multi-billion dollar public tech company. And after you know many years in that career, I left to become CEO of a venture-backed startup and thought I was, you know, all that in a bag of chips, you know, because I had, you know, done things in big company land. So uh, in that transition to be a startup CEO, I made about every single mistake that a human being could make. You know, wrong set of investors, didn't have the right people in the right seats. But the one that really stands out that I think was the hardest one for me to really kind of deal with and overcome was refuse to cut my losses and kill a product that really needed to die. Hmm. And, And part of that, Matt, I'm sure, you know, if you talk to any entrepreneur, one of the things that makes entrepreneurs entrepreneurs is one that we're risk takers. And by nature, we refuse to quit or give up. Like we just know that we can make that thing successful kind of no matter what. And for this particular product, you know, it had amazing innovation. Every single person we ever spoke to it, both investors and potential customers, as soon as we told them about what it did, they went, wow, that is the coolest thing ever. That everybody is going to need that. But the reality was like, yeah, everybody thought it was super cool, but not that many people wanted to actually pay money for it. And at the end of the day, unless you're running a nonprofit, our job is to actually make money. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've uh, I've been there as well in the sense of like building, spending millions on products that generated like almost no money <laughs> and it takes it, it does take a, a, a you know a sort of self-awareness and a maturity to, to just cut your losses um i think sometimes we fall into the kool-aid trap right like oh, yeah. we're just you know we're just going to keep drinking this kool-aid if the market even though the market's not prepared to pay for it and that's the whole purpose of a startup right is to find a repeatable profitable business model right and so um, having the courage to to one pick a product lane and then also if it doesn't work is to turn it off exactly well and really kind of know that balance of you know when should you take one more step forward because you know with certain products it's a, just about maturity and really just you know if you tweak it this way or you pivot a little bit then you really will be in the sweet spot and you'll you know gain a whole bunch of customers and revenue and things and sometimes, you know, the view is just not worth the climb. And that's that's where we are, where everybody thought the problem that we were solving, uh, you know, again, super cool technology. But at the end of the day, customers, really they vote with their dollars. They didn't care enough to want to spend that much money to solve that problem. They're like, yeah, OK, mm-hmm. it's it's OK if we don't if we don't solve it. And that was such a hard lesson for me because, one, I'm not a quitter. Like what entrepreneur is a quitter and it, and to go back and admit to the board, Hey, we totally failed here. Like we need to, we basically need to stop this and either figure out a different direction for the company or shut the company down. That was just, I was not, you know, Mm. at that time I was not emotionally prepared, you know, to do that. Mm. Yeah. Lots to double click on there. Um, So Joyce, what did your, what did you learn from that experience? Well, you know, so many, so many things, you know, I learned from that as a CEO, it really is my job to be the visionary, both good and bad. And, you know, so now uh, my company, we do a lot more scenario planning on what if that entire market goes right in the ditch? 
right? You know, what if inflation goes twice as much as it is today? What if that particular product line, you know, some new AI bot totally eliminates the need for .NET? I don't know, you know, but you just really, as an entrepreneur, really need to think through things are not always going to go well and no amount of hard work and sometimes no amount of investment is going to make that path be successful. And you need to be willing to get off of that path and onto another one. Mm. How do you know when to throw in the towel though? Well, I don't, I don't know that you do. I think the skill that I am much better at you know, this was a decade ago that I am much better out today is um, listening, uh, not just to what people are saying, but what people are doing. So if I had paid a lot more attention to the fact that even though all the press was fantastic and the investors were throwing money and the customer said, yeah, this is the coolest thing ever. At the end of the day, were they signing more purchase orders? Were they expanding the use of this thing throughout the organization? And the answer was no, they really weren't, right? Trials just got extended. They just wanted to keep testing it, but they weren't weren't voting with their dollars. And if I had really listened to that, I would have you know, come to a much different decision than we did. Mm. If you could go back in time, Joyce, in the Map Round Show time machine, you know, day of the launch of this product or whatever the case is, like, what would you do different, you know, knowing what you know now? Like, what would you well, change? And can we lease time in the Map Round time machine? Because there's some other things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have to talk I'm later. Really... Okay. All right. I, I, there's a subscription model. I'm all in on that one. Um, Really, I think what I would do was uh, two two things. One, haven't I would have put together some scenario plans for the company as a whole to say if we bet all of, we put all of our eggs in this basket. If this product didn't make it, what was our next plan? Where were we going to pivot to? What other products were we going to come out with? How did we? How could we save enough cash to make sure that there was cash for that particular contingency to take place? And I would have had those conversations with the board almost from the very first day on, you know, they brought me in as an outside CEO to turn this thing around. Hey, what if it doesn't work? Let's talk about, hey, are there multiple paths to success or do we really only just have one? So I would have given myself, I would have given the company and myself more options. Mm, options are options are key. I think it's actually a freedom. I, I was trying yeah. to think through that because I'm, I hate not having choice. You know what I mean? Like uh, I was on a sales call this morning with the the platform I'm keen to use for for you know my clients and Showworks Media and stuff, and you know the guy tried to like get me into a one year contract. I'm like, listen, the terms don't work for me. You know, sorry, like there's no incentive. Yeah. You're not giving me any scope, blah, blah. and and there was just like a case of like being inflexible. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the, there was only mm-hmm. one choice, and if I didn't like that choice, then it was like deal done or deal you know not done. And <laughs> so the deal was not done. Um, yes. And I and as a CEO, like uh, to your point, and I love the 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 kind of the the picture I had in my mind when you were talking about like the signals, you know, is the mm-hmm. is the canary in the coal mine, right? So it's that it's like the bird. So in right. your case, one of the warning signs was like the 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 clients or the customers were not prepared to pay. They right. weren't actually prepared to vote with their wallets. They were voting with like I like the idea, but I'm not prepared to pay. Yes. So that's like a signal, right? And I think in the digital transformation space. I mean, think to take COVID, for instance, like, and the scenario planning stuff that you're doing is so important. And so many companies just don't do it, right? Because they're not thinking about as a CEO, like many of us are not actually thinking about, well, what if, like, what if this 
canary falls off the pitch. Like, how are we going right. to get out of dodge? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And have we done sufficient scenario planning to prevent failure from happening? Yeah, I think that's I think that's so key because if people, again, if you if you don't have options, you're no longer a passenger on this train. You're a hostage, mm. right? And and no one no one wants to be in that position, right? You want to be able to really use your you know, you and your team's kind of best thinking, you got a lot of intellectual horsepower on your team. Let's use that to say, okay, here, here's what we see in the world. And the world has become very challenging to, you know, in terms of really, there's so many signals happening at the same time in the economy and in the tech industry and in inflation and in wars around the world. And, you know, all of those can have an impact as we all know now, pandemics can have an impact and totally change the direction of your business in a matter of days. We got to be much more prepared to be agile and move quickly. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, tell me, Joyce, uh, what's one piece of advice you'd like to give CEOs or entrepreneurs uh, out there in terms of the importance of failure in, in business success? Well, I so 100% guarantee I wouldn't be here today uh, running a large company that is wildly successful with no outside investment money. We would not be here today had I not had all of those failures you know, kind of back to back. That was a tremendous learning experience. And I put them all to use in this company. So, and whether or not you're comfortable with the failure, if you want to call it experimentation or being agile, whatever, but get comfortable with you need to embrace change. So the one thing that we've talked about, I would advise all entrepreneurs is, again, is about scenario planning. You know, do you at least once a quarter, maybe more often, but at least once a quarter, sit down with your leadership team, whether it's two people or 10 people and say, hey, let's just imagine the world going in a whole bunch of different directions. And and how would we react to it? If you have an investor, what if that investor, um, you know, all of a sudden pulled their investment out and said, uh, sorry, no, no more tranches or you know, your market, as many industries saw, kind of went away overnight. Again, how are you as a CEO going to lead through that storm? That's, mm. we all have to be prepared for that. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing advice. Joyce, tell us, um, do you have recommend any books or tools or podcasts or resources that, uh, you know, that you use in your own personal journey that you recommend to other CEOs? Yeah, I well, I love this podcast. So everyone should watch a bunch of the episodes because there's a lot, there's a lot to get out of that. So do that first. Um, in terms of books, uh, we do something in my company. Everyone on the management team, executive team, is always reading some leadership book. And then we trade off in exec meetings. We have our own little kind of book stories about you know what we kind of found most interesting. Uh, one of the ones that we rely on uh, is a uh, long list, but is a book called Traction by Gina Wickman, which is great for small companies in terms of really helping you put in a system in place of accountability um, and making sure that you're staying true to your values and you're keeping your purpose really at the forefront of all of your decision making. But it makes sure that you get alignment throughout your entire company in a really easy to understand kind of framework. So Traction by Gina Wickman has been a great help to my company in making sure we really moved ahead on all of our strategic initiatives. Mm -hmm. When's your book coming out? 
<laughs> oh, not yet, but I do have one in mind. So yeah, I'll yeah. keep you good. posted. I'm sure you do. Everyone's every good seer is like once they've had a measure of experience, it's like I have four books. <laughs> yeah, I just don't have the time to write one. Exactly. Know? I know that's the challenge. I know exactly. Well, look, Joyce, it's been an absolute privilege having you on the show. Thank you for, for being vulnerable and, you know, letting the world of entrepreneurs know that it's okay to be a, a failure or to fail in your pursuit of, uh, you know, your ambitions and things like that. So appreciate you for being here and thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Matt. Cheers. Bro.